When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Rush Limbaugh Show podcast. Let me welcome you and thank you for putting up with the rank amateur me. And it's 800-282-2882 if you want to join the program on today. The day the Lord has made and the time in which God has decided we'll live comes with a unique set of responsibilities. You ever get the feeling people are not telling the truth? You ever get the feeling they're talking behind your back, that they're, they're telling lies? You ever find it difficult to determine that? Or maybe it's just really easy. Maybe you cook dinner for someone and, hey, how is it? And as they're, they're spooning it into the trash, they say, oh, it's good. No, it's, it's good. This is what we're experiencing, or at least I'm experiencing, as I'm watching Republicans just lay down. There's a test here. It's a really simple one. And one of the neat inventions of the left, one of their really brilliant ideas is inventing the phrase, what aboutism? Because what it means is, don't you dare insist upon equal treatment. Don't you dare demand consistency. Don't you dare measure us and the sincerity of our actions by our previous actions and previous words. Don't you do that. Don't you insist on determining whether you're sane or not by looking at our actions and matching them up to our words. Don't do that. That's a whataboutism. This also applies to Republicans. Sometime last summer, a woman who's going to be installed as President of the United States with a strong assist from Joe Biden's dementia, decided to help raise money for a domestic terror group, Black Lives Matter Incorporated, who are in the business of causing black lives to be taken while getting paid for the pleasure. $1.3 billion raised. They partner with Antifa, which is not an idea. I can tell you that. I'm from the West Coast. I watched them grow up and tried to warn people. Kamala Harris decided to help them raise money for a bail fund. And then she said 
she called them protests, but uh, you know what? Conventional warfare in the streets, shoot and move tactics in the streets of Louisville, Kentucky is not a protest. That's nearly a war. Using IEDs to attack federal property in Portland many nights in a row is not a protest. It, that's, that's attempting to seize private property nights in a row, weeks in a row. And she decided to support this. And let us all remember when Mitch McConnell took to the floor of the Senate and he spoke so eloquently. Well, I admire uh, the accomplishments of uh, uh, Senator Kamala Harris. Uh, it, it is unconscionable uh, that she is raising money for the terrorist group. And, and, and I demand I demand a resignation. The, the Senate body will impeach her. Right? Didn't happen. Why? Because they're afraid of speaking about Black Lives Matter Incorporated that has taken black lives. Now, it extends beyond this. They can't fight. I'm broadcasting today from 590 KQNT in Spokane. My radio show emanates out of Seattle on KTTH. Our governor in Washington State refuses to allow federal marshals ICE to do their jobs. In fact, he demonizes them. In fact, they play hide-and-seek with criminal illegal immigrants, people who broke the law to get here and then did not go about a peaceful life and did not go about raising their families and, and, their, and their standard of living as is a human desire. They committed crimes. They hide them from federal authorities. Jay Inslee, in that regard, is responsible for more than one death of a police officer. Where were Republicans? Where were you saying this is an act of insurrection? He brags about it. Up and down the West Coast, you have these acts of insurrection. You had a mayor down the coast in Oregon, Ted Wheeler trying to frustrate federal officers from protecting federal property and federal agents inside that property. Antifa wasn't just looking to burn down a building. There were people in that building, human beings, cops. And Ted Wheeler, the so-called mayor of Portland, stood in the way of federal agents, preventing them from protecting their colleagues against a highly well-funded, logistically supported domestic terror group with lawyers in the field, 1,200 lawyers or so in the field to instantly bail these people out with their own medevacs, with their own reconnaissance and comms teams, comms teams in the riots and comms teams outside of the riots, informing people where to go and what to do. And if you doubt that... I can send you a paper called Network Enabled Anarchy and how they recruit people into this for a year, this one on. Where were Republicans saying of this mayor, you are providing aid and comfort to a domestic terror group trying to seize federal property? I mean, Chad Wolf did what he could. Stepped down as as, uh, as as acting Homeland Security Secretary. 
Where were the Republicans? That's not an act of insurrection. And I've heard the lectures from Donnie Lemon and uh, the actor who plays a TV anchor on CNN, Chris Cuomo. On, on TV, he plays a mask zealot and a, and a lockdown zealot, when in real life, he's none of those. So he acts. That we're not to compare last summer, because it's apples and oranges, compare it to what happened at the Capitol. That now we understand, oh, wait, you mean when you take a minute to investigate, now we understand that that, that, that riot was planned weeks in advance. It was not a result of the speech. I was thinking maybe it was a YouTube video. The Republicans cannot discern between opponents and enemies. An opponent in politics wants to debate with you things like tax rates, foreign entanglements, regulations. Your enemies want to force you on the floor of the House to pretend God invented eunuchs, not men and women, not boys and girls, not fathers and daughters, not mothers and sons. Where's the demand from Republicans to say no? This is the impeaching of a truth. This is the impeaching of a biological reality. Where are they? Further down the coast, Gavin Newsom is frustrating the ability of federal officers to do the same thing that they're doing in Washington State, right down the coast. Where are the brave Republicans throughout this summer to say, we have cities being attacked? Where was the demand of an investigation? Kamala Harris spoke and said the the, the protests, she calls them, won't stop and they shouldn't stop. Nancy Pelosi said... I don't know why there aren't uprisings on the street corners. Maxine Waters said, get up in their faces. AOC, I don't remember her exact words. She glamorized the protests, the riots. Where were the brave Republican House members censuring AOC? These are not opponents. These are enemies looking to stomp out your ability to even speak obvious indefensibly true facts. The president was impeached for giving a speech. One. In D.C. There was a riot. It got out of hand. There was horrible loss of life. Horrible. It was awful to watch. Of course, I pray for the families. And I can do both. I can be very upset about the circumstances and very sad for the families. And I can point to the Republicans and say, are you at all interested in the fact that there was apparently two weeks of notice for this? That the FBI apparently knew this was in the planning stages? Are are you at all interested in that? And what is most offensive about this is nearly everybody knew this was for show. It wouldn't lead to a conviction, although Mitch McConnell says he's open to convicting the president after he leaves office. Oh, you want leverage? So Trump is your enemy. Black Lives Matter Incorporated, the domestic terror group, is the unmentionable. Was not mentioned in the debates. This is a trite little saying. If you ever wonder who's in charge, determine who you're not allowed to criticize. 
Who's in charge in D.C.? Who are you not criticizing? Now, what if there's good news? Because <laughs> there is. There is good news. In all of this, there's going to be a new generation of, of people who insist upon freedom, who insist on remaining born free Americans. One of those is a young man, Representative Donalds. And he gave a speech. He's, he's Byron Donalds, new African-American black member of the House of Representatives, gave a speech, and he called it out. The left has weaponized race in order to impeach the president. And they have. And they intend to continue to do it. So today, we'll talk as born-free Americans who insist on remaining free. And we'll take phone calls from liberals, both opponents and enemies. 800-282-2882. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. And if you missed uh, the monologue portion of the show, it's, it's pretty simple. We don't believe you. If, if if you are Republicans who spent the summer ignoring what we talked about and are to this day ignoring seditious type so-called governors like Jay Inslee and Kate Brown in Oregon and Gavin Newsom, who are frustrating federal authorities from doing their jobs, who are blocking federal law enforcement from protecting people. And I can tell you specific cases in Washington state where that has resulted in the death of police officers. I can tell you specific cases where it's resulted in in people and women being raped and beaten. And yet they continue to frustrate these efforts. Right, so we don't believe you when you say that this is all about your principles. Because to us, it seems completely unlikely. It seems very much like this. It seems very much like a cheating spouse. It seems very much like a cheating spouse or a dishonest employer. Oh, you know what? I shorted you on your paycheck, but I'll never do it again. Well, you did it again. Well, you know, but, I, but this time I won't do it again. No, no, I, I really love you. I won't cheat again. And, and I mean, I understand this is the third time. It's the fourth time. But really, this time, I'm very serious. Or this. It's the friend. I have, I have a friend of mine. We don't talk anymore. And it makes me very sad. But this was a person who would ignore my existence until there was a job change and until this person needed a new job and needed someone to provide a recommendation or a way into a company or someone who had a Rolodex. And then all of a sudden, hey, we should get together. Hey, we should we should go hang out. And and hey, by the way, did I tell you I left this job? And hey, are you still working in, in uh, at Microsoft? Are you still? You catch on. And the message that needs to be sent to Washington, D.C. is the game is over. The game of your switching up is over. And us not noticing. There's too much connection. There's too many of us able to communicate and offer these observations. And the observations are clear as day. And they extend across the board with this inability to fight, the inability to exact a cost. The left pressures companies to do their bidding. The left pressures companies to be their social justice warriors, to censor on their behalf. Yes, I've seen Republicans complain about this, but you never exact a cost. For the entire summer, you had the opportunity to exact a cost and, by the way, to save lives and do the right thing. But you found that too hard. 
It's a difficult thing to approach race topics when you're scared of them because you're terrified of being embarrassed or you're terrified of being called the racist. I don't like it either. And yet there are these truths. There are people in our midst who intend to tear this country asunder. There are foreign influences who intend to tear this country asunder, and they're winning. But it doesn't have to be the case. Say the names of the Republicans who voted for impeachment and examined some motives. I'll give you one because she's from my home state and I've met her. And I think this is an interesting motive. I'm not claiming to know her well. I've met her. And I will tell you, I consider Representative Jamie Herrera Butler to be a nice person. I do. I I think she is an incredibly nice human being. And I think she has fallen down the slope of niceness that you examine niceness from one side. And it's a very Washington state thing. She said her decision to vote to impeach the president of the United States was not fear-based. It was to attack fear. She said, I want to make clear, the president is not our enemy. Fear is our enemy. Jamie Herrera Butler, you represent a district across a river from Portland, Oregon. Antifa crossed that river one night and came and smashed up windows in Vancouver, Washington to instill fear in the populace. That's why they did it. I failed to see you demand that Ted Wheeler and Kate Brown do something about the domestic terrorists to whom they provide aid and comfort in the state of Oregon. Jamie, I failed to see you. Ask Kate Brown, the so-called governor of Oregon, why is it that your legislative director is apparently a member of Antifa and is arrested at these riots? Why would you have someone with a connection to a domestic terror organization as your legislative director? How can that be? I, re- I did not see you speak against that fear to take action against that, that effort to, fear, to make people afraid. Jamie, you're not believable. Because I think you've fallen into this trap of it's not nice to push back against the use of race to divide Americans. And it's scary. And so you use phrases like I use, like, of course, we support the notion, the fact that black lives matter. It's a morally objective fact. We simply do not support this domestic terror group. Can you not do that? I don't know Liz Cheney. I don't know her at all. I know this quote. I actually like Dick Cheney. I can say without fear of contradiction, there's never one single time been a harsh word, not a single time in our entire relationship. That's Joe Biden at the unveiling of Cheney's Capitol bust in 2015. Okay, fair enough. Joe Biden likes Dick Cheney. Um, Question. Have there been foul words now? Did Joe Biden not run a campaign saying the police have become the enemy? Does he not have as a sort of VP, who will probably be president, Kamala Harris, who raised money for these groups? This is not called out? Liz Cheney, are you going to call that out? Or is your dad's friendship with Joe Biden worth more than that? Is this the D.C. we're talking about? Is this the uniparty about which people are so concerned? You're not believable anymore. Because your principles went on park. (laughs) They went on auto sleep. They went on temporary coma throughout the summer. Where a lot of us were saying, hey, they're killing people. 
They're burning our cities. Note, McConnell, other Republicans who voted for impeachment, you are not believable. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Thank you so much for having me today. Thanks to Team EIB. And there's, look, I mean, there's a lot of disconcerting news and a lot of frustration with McConnell et al. and the 10 Republicans, who we'll go through their full names again later. I've heard other people (laughs) filling in for Rush. We'll make them extra famous, but there's some good news. There's an impeachment waiting on the horizon, and I expect this roughly a half an hour after Kamala Harris is installed as VP with Joe Biden's dementia playing a strong assist. I anticipate articles of impeachment for Kamala Harris for that tweet raising funds for a domestic terror group. And apparently the Minnesota bail fund bailed out child molesters and murderers, although it was just intended. I mean, in her defense, it was only intended to bail out people who were, you know, for instance, throwing Molotov cocktails into cop cars and destroying private property and beating people in the streets. So she didn't intend to bail out purposeful murderers, just people who accidentally tossed a Molotov cocktail and, oh, darn it, it, it hit that kid. Half hour after she's installed, who will be the Republican who steps up and says incitement of violence? The tweet is still up. Or perhaps Kamala Harris will take it down today. Perhaps if Republicans exacted a cost, they would ask her. Do you prefer a four-year rolling attempt to impeach you? A four-year rolling coup, you might call it. Or will you issue an apology to the American people? Will you personally give money to a police fund in the same amount that was given through your link to this domestic terror group or this group that's bailing them out, I should say? Wouldn't that be refreshing? I'm sure there's a Republican waiting to do that, to file those papers. I'm sure it's already written. Hey, they gave Obama the, what's, the Nobel Peace Prize. Give her the impeachment papers on the day of her installation. You're walking up to shake hands at one of the balls. And you hand her the paper and you say, you've been served. Incitement to riot. The same thing that just went down in the House of Representatives. In fact, since she's a model of consistency, perhaps Nancy Pelosi can deliver that to Kamala Harris. Let's talk to Dean in Orange, or in Orange Texas. Dean, you're on the Russian Bar program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Dean. Yes, sir. I'll get right to the point. Uh, my opinion is, for what it's worth, we are not being represented by the people that we elected. I'm a conservative. Uh, I, I think this is true of both parties. I don't think the Democrats are being represented by theirs either. They're on a vendetta. But I think that I can only realistically speak to conservatives because that's the group I'm in. And I think we want some things, and I don't understand why, why they're not fighting for these things. That's what we elected them for. And this goes to people like Mitch McConnell and, and Lindsey Graham who are elected and in, in office as well as the people who run the party itself. We want them to fight to remove this double standard that has been applied. Stop kowtowing to it. 
We want our constitutional rights to be respected. We don't want an end run around the Constitution by using companies and corporations. We want a Supreme Court that will stop hiding behind procedure. We need a courageous Supreme Court that will address serious issues, even if it's difficult. And we want, and this is probably the most important one, we want to be heard. Seventy million people want to be heard. I don't understand how we can unify if we don't recognize that 70 million people are plus are not being heard. They're being ignored. They're being chastised. They're, they're being bullied. And, and that is not a recipe for unity. That's a great call. That's a great call, Dean. And I, I would offer you a couple thoughts on this. Number one, the Democrats have a business model that beats the Republicans' business model. Now, that sounds a weird phrase, isn't it? Business model in relation to politics. The Democrats have discovered a business model that's in partnership with technocrats like Jack Dorsey. He's the CEO of Twitter, who will help create a blockade on information. They did it with Hunter Biden. They're doing it with um, with arguments against the lockdown. Or, or There is no lockdown, the selective locking down of some people. They'll limit access to information on Facebook and on YouTube. And this is happening all across the board. And they're going to disappear the fact that there was ever, ever a controversy about this election and about election integrity. That's a great business model because in exchange... The Democrats get to say to the technocrats, you know what, it would be really slick. You do that for us. We'll give you entry into marketplaces you never would have gotten. It's a sweet business model. It's sort of a, I I don't know, what country could I take an example of that is, for instance, selling technocrats the ability to control information pipelines? Oh, that would be like China. The other part of the business model that the Democrats have discovered is, hey, we can force people to buy products. We, we need to get back into this business. This was the great underlooked fact about Obamacare. Hey, you know what? We can force people to purchase from you products you don't like at prices you can't afford for services you'll never need from companies you hate. It's a brilliant business model. They're doing the same thing with people who don't necessarily benefit from this vaccine i've been pro-vaccine my whole life (laughs) but our immune systems are 99.87 percent likely to beat this disease this virus but no 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 maybe we should experiment by having Ticketmaster say oh you want to see the eagles do their fifth last concert or the 20th farewell tour of kiss well then we'll just need to make sure that you got shot up the republicans are becoming the party of real working americans and they hate it There's an article in the New York Post about this. The GOP corporate divorce is a blessing for the party's future. It could be if they'd adopt it. It could be because they could represent 70 million people plus. But here's the crazy thing about Republicans. I've seen this live time. It was really weird to me. It was really odd to me when I got to um, D.C. And I noticed that Republicans were better friends with liberal journalists and had more admiration for liberal journalists than they did for people who would drive 24 hours to go to a protest against Obamacare. And they would not have hotel rooms. They'd sleep in their car. They would be on the Capitol lawn to protest this, to know, don't turn our medicine over, our health care over to the government. Don't, don't force us into socialism. Please don't do this to us. The Republicans would look at people like this and, and shake their heads. You know, oh. 
Well, the tourists are back, and, and there's a saying there, you can smell them in the hallway. But the reverse was true. You wonder, <clears throat> we were talking earlier in the show, you wonder why there's so many leaks against Trump? Because now we see these leaks that the president is angry at his staff for not defending him because of the impeachment. And the White House has been a sieve. Want to know one of the reasons why? When I got to town, there was a reporter for one of the big political you know, reporting newspapers or news, N-O-O-Z-E as I call it. Wanted to take me to lunch just to get to know me. And you know what? We can be helpful to each other. I, I might need some information from time to time, and you could feed that to me. And, and you might need some, some help in the press from time to time. You might need someone to maybe, you know, help you launch a product. Or, you know, I mean, if there's a controversy and it belongs and it, and it, and it involves you, it's, it's something maybe you have a back channel to me. And, and maybe you could feed me, you know, credit your side of the story. What, what they were exchanging was this. You give me dirt on your party, and I will help you out when the dirt's on you. I'll clean it off your face, get a little wet wipe, and, oh, Toddy, you look a lot better. We'll make you look better in the press, and you smell better, too. And here, help me. I'll spray some cologne on you. That's the game. If the Republicans would understand one of the things, one of the great benefits that Donald Trump has provided is this. You have an opportunity to represent real America. The people who wake up and run this country with momentum and honesty and hard work and love for their families and faith in God Almighty instead of the corporate interests. Well, corporate interests have a lot of money. I don't, I don't see real America purchase me a vacation home. It's a come to awaken moment. Take over your Republican parties. At the county caucus levels, count the number of Republican officers there, do the math, outnumber them, name yourself county chair. Take their infrastructure and their voter databases from them, and let's go play the game to win our country back. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh and the EIB Network. And um, thanks on Twitter. A bunch of people are responding to my suggestion that we start writing <laughs> articles of impeachment against Kamala Harris. Or you could take the tweet down, Cammy. You could take the tweet down raising money for uh, domestic terror groups, bail. Your choice. It's a great test. Let's put that up as test number one. Are Republicans serious about being against inciting a right? In fact, the way to test this is Liz Cheney was sort of out front on the impeach Trump movement. Liz, the vice president incited riots, or the, the pardon me, the vice president install. The vice president install and the president install promoted the riots. Cammy still is, Kamala, on, on, on the Twitter page. So, Liz, it's a great moment. It's a fantastic moment. This consistency, this, this adherence to the rule of law, this, 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 this repugnance you feel for inciting violence and inciting insurrection. It's right there. And it was purposeful. And she said the protests, read riots, shouldn't stop. And they didn't. And she had plenty of time to rethink her position, and she hasn't. This is custom-made for Liz Cheney. Now, I'm just a guest host, so guest hosts don't have this sort of prerogative on the show. But guys, please, at EAB Central, 
when Liz Cheney calls to announce that she has taken this up, let's let's bring her on. Extra special like we'll have walk-on music for her. We can play her in with God Bless America or play her in with something really patriotic to show that, in fact, yes, it was, in fact, the principle against inciting violence with public office holders. We can put reverb on her voice. Maybe we can add a sparkle to it, a little bit of, you know, tenor to it. Really tune this up for her. And I'm betting as important she is, she has a back way to call. So we'll keep an eye out for Liz Cheney to call. Let's talk to Zach in central Pennsylvania. Zach, you're in the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Zach. Hi, thanks, Todd. Yeah, so a lot of Americans right now are wondering what we can do to fight back. It just seems like it's President Trump. There's all by himself, and everybody keeps wondering. So I come up with a plan, and that is all you have to do, call your 401K or IRA provider. Tell them you want to go to cash. Don't, you don't want to withdraw. Just go to cash. It'll bring the market down. And these, these, these corporations that are attacking us over free speech, they're, they're using our money that we don't – we just let it sit there. But now I think it's time to take out, take it out, talk with our park pocketbooks. So that, you know, I that do, is my plan. It's a decent plan. When uh, when when Obama was going to be elected, and it became clear that uh, I thought he was going to win, uh, I went out of the market in the, in, into gold. But <laughs> it was an investment decision, and it turned out to be a pretty good one. I'm not qualified to give investment advice, but I tell you this: I take companies at their word. You know, I, I'm not. I don't do boycott things. I, I take companies at their word. The left does boycott things. Maybe that's something the right needs to change. Maybe we need to start doing this and to start applying pressure this way. I just take him at the word. Oh, Starbucks. I used to go there every morning. I got addicted to your coffee. Uh, yeah, you don't want me there because you, you don't like my, my views on traditional marriage. You don't like my views on concealed carry. Fine, I take it your word. I'm not going to go. I've always resisted boycotts because I think private companies should do what private companies want to do. And it's clear to me there's only one side to this equation. It's clear to me that on the tech side, let me give you an example. This is so horrendous. There's a company called Vimeo, and Vimeo is sort of a um, pro version of YouTube. They have um, HD quality video, and it's not really meant to be as viral as YouTube. And like I say, it's sort of a pro tool thing. They have disappeared the videos of, of people like pediatricians. This comes from a website called Rational Ground. It's a data scientists who just, they, they help you see the problems or the approaches to big things with data. And they've been concentrating on the COVID flu. A pediatrician put up a video saying, now, mind you, what he, this is what he said, basically. Um, keeping children away from their friends and locking them inside for long periods of time and making them stare at screens all day is a bad idea and it's unhealthy. <gasps> oh, no, he did. Boom, zapped, gone. Because it goes against this narrative. And what's more scary to me in this, Zach, is I love your idea. I love exacting a cost. Zach, have you noticed how easy it's been? How easy it's been for the left to corral people up into one view. Lockdowns, masks, they're all good. Trump bad. This was insurrection. That's more scary to me than anything else. What do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. And, uh, yeah, and I'm not up to, into boycotts either, but, I mean, I think we just got cautiously got to know where we're spending money. And even me in a small town, I, there's only a Walmart for groceries. But, I mean, even then, maybe, you know, we, we find the companies within there, like, say, Goya. Maybe I can be the next employee of the month with them. 
<laughs> I remember that guy. I'll tell you one thing that I think is important, and I think it's tactically important. I think it's actually important from a sense of community. If you can do this, if you can do this, reinstitute growing your own garden. I know I sound like some 1940s president. Each American should grow corn and lettuce. And what I'm saying is where we can have self-sufficiency, it really is a good idea now to install it. It's a sense of community. It's a sense of security. I would suggest getting out, paying off your house, getting out from under things where debt can own you. I'm not trying to be some financial expert. I'm not that. But I'm trying to say let's remove the leverage they have on us. In every possible capacity, let's remove the leverage they have on us. The last hour of the show today, I want to talk about things the government cannot take from us. Because I know a lot of us are scared that they're going to take our country. We'll continue. It's Rush Limbaugh's program. Todd Herman doing his best to fill in. Just checking to see if Liz Cheney has drafted the first paragraph of her impeachment articles against Kamala Harris for inciting insurrection by uh, raising money for a domestic terror group that was tearing apart cities and countries. Or, I mean, cities and states. Well, not yet countries, but, well, I mean, they are functionally trying to tear down the United States. No call yet? All right. We'll keep a track of that. There was a low point of low points, and it was achieved, shockingly, by CNN's Jake Tapper. Congressman Brian Mast, mm-hmm. a Republican from Florida who lost his legs, by the way, fighting for democracy abroad. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know what his, I don't know about his commitment to it here in the United States. Huh. Interesting. Jake. Are you familiar with Don Lemon and actor Chris Cuomo? They're at your uh, your entertainment facility. Um, they effectively referred to open warfare, warfare in the streets like in, in Louisville, Kentucky. And the attacking with IEDs of federal buildings. And, you know, there were, there were, there were two murders. Of, of just ordinary citizens, political murders by Antifa types and one Antifa. You feel me with them? Not? Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation, and three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-GOLD. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. The podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. And thank you so much for allowing me to be here, Rush and Team EIB, and all those things that we just heard in that announcement could only happen here in this country. Someone like me get a chance to do all of that. Today is the day the Lord has made. This is the time in which he's chosen us to live. It's a confusing time. And whether on purpose or through happenstance, things are being made more confusing. And my caution, or at least my guidance on this, is we're not crazy. Because sometimes it's easy to feel crazy in this environment. It is. And I've been telling people to treat what's being done to us, because I, I do believe things are being done to us. And I do believe there's a traumatizing of the American populace. And that's my observation. And I'll, I'll, put some, I'll put some evidence behind that in a second. Choose a point on the horizon like you're on a, a sort of wild carnival ride. And that point on the horizon for me is, is faith. And for you, it can be what it is. It can be our belief in our founding documents. It can be the belief in the superiority of providing people an environment to seek and to chase and pursue happiness and liberty and life versus an environment where subsistence is provided to them and the party bosses grow rich. That is, you pick a point on the horizon and you remind yourself that these things are true and they will remain true despite all the efforts to confuse us. I'll give you an example. We have a family member who's very plugged in politically. This isn't a naive person. But she recently got on on Parler before Amazon and Apple and, oh yeah, Google, you know, shut it down. And before it got shut down, she saw the, the Hunter Biden photos, the kind of illegal acts that will go unmentioned because you know what they are. And her family member felt crazy. She said, wait, why is this not things that people are talking about? Case number one for trauma 
being injected into the American populace or pawn us is news is sometimes the absence of news. Evidence is the absence of evidence. It's very Orwellian. Consider this. We have evidence that that Hunter Biden is compromised and and sexually compromised and and perhaps a sex criminal. and, And we've got evidence towards this effect. And they're photographs. And the, the intelligence services had them for two years. And they've said, no, no, that's, that's a genuine laptop. That's actually his. That is not a nightly news package. But there's evidence. Uh, on the other side of this, we watched with our eyes as votes were taken from Donald Trump and given to Joe Biden. We've seen the analysis of data scientists saying, Watch this. Watch these votes switch. We've seen the analysis of data scientists saying, wait, why are there plugs of votes coming in regular intervals for Biden at like 100%? That's not natural. That's not the day, way data works. Well, that's, there's no evidence of that. So pick a point on the horizon. We know some things. We know there was an environment that encouraged fraud. We know that. We know that what I call mockingbird media sources, these are uh, media sources who repeat and amplify the talking points of technocrats, the left, deep staters, unskeptically. We know that prior to the election, we were told that these voting machines were deeply insecure and and, and they could affect democracies and and republics and and they they could be manipulated and they were shown that they could be hacked, but that's gone now. Pick a point on the horizon. We know that they reported these things. We have reason to believe. We see evidence. You pick this point on the horizon. Because my theory that they are putting upon us trauma is if you choose to traumatize somebody, some of the things you can do is convince them that things that they know to be true or untrue. I never hit you. What are you talking about? I didn't do that. Well, but my face still hurts. Yeah, but that's, you're, you're making it up. And then the switching of meanings. This is so disconcerting to me. Joe Biden's dementia was reading an announcement about how he intends to distribute funds that are being covered, that they're being communicated as COVID relief, when in really what they are is a redistribution of monies. To some people who were locked down, who were small businesses, who didn't enjoy the largesse of the lockdown, like Amazon did with their 36% increase in Bezos' wealth at one point, Joe Biden spoke here about some interesting priorities he has in distributing these funds. Our focus will be on small businesses on Main Street that aren't wealthy and well-connected, that are facing real economic hardships through no fault of their own. Our priority will be black, Latino, Asian, and Native American-owned small businesses, women-owned businesses, and finally, having equal access to resources needed to reopen and rebuild. But we're going to make a concerted effort to help small businesses in low-income communities, in big cities, small towns, rural communities that have faced systemic barriers to relief. Build back better is racism. You are according people money based on race. Pick a point on the horizon. Preferential treatment by race is racism. 
preferential, preferential treatment by race at force is forcing others to participate in racism. That's installing a system of racism to solve systemic racism, which, by the way, is a myth. <laughs> Systems can't be racist. I mean, what's a system? It's a bureaucratic set of rules. Well, this is how he's always done things. If there's no people there to say that, then it, it can't be racist. It's pieces of paper and walls. Unless you build one. And Biden's building one, or intends to, when he's installed. Pick a point on the horizon. That's racism. The continuing changing of terminology is so Orwellian by these people. Listen to AOC. She has plans for programs like my little radio show in Seattle and programs maybe like this one. There's absolutely a commission that's being discussed, but it it seems to be more investigatory um, in style rather than truth and reconciliation. Um, And so I think that's an interesting concept for us to explore. Um, And, you know, I do think that uh, several members of Congress in some of my discussions have brought up uh, media literacy because that is a part of what happened here. Um, And we're going to have to figure out how we reign in our media environment so that you can't just spew disinformation and misinformation. It's one thing to have differing opinions, but um, it's another thing entirely to just say things that are false. Um, And so that's something that we're looking into. Does it give you a great deal of comfort to know that censorship is freedom? Take a point on the horizon. We have the First Amendment. Our country is a free-thinking country because we have been able to freely share thoughts. If you shut down words, you shut down the thoughts about the words. If you hide thoughts, you hide abilities to debate them. If you hide debates, you hide the ability to come upon new ideas. And so we end up retreating back into the oldest idea in the world. A small group of people controls the many, like AOC wants. Now, she says this at the same time as we're watching Democrats disappear the existence of our immune systems. This is uh, this. I cannot believe I'm speaking these words on the biggest radio show in the world, but it's real. (laughs) They're making fun of immune systems. The who is disappearing World Health Organization disappearing the existence of herd immunity. Pick a point on the horizon. We wouldn't exist as a species if we didn't have individual immunity, which adds up to herd immunity. Because I do think there's trauma being pressed down upon us. And and to me, it seems purposeful. So AOC's Truth and Reconciliation Committee that's going to reign in the media. I wonder what they'll say about actor Chris Cuomo and Donnie Lemon here, kind of saying that their riots were cooler than the riot on D.C., What happened at the Capitol on Wednesday was built on a lie perpetrated by the president and the people who support him. So just on that one, that merit, if you want to call it, it's not comparable. Those things are not comparable. So they should stop doing that and stop this whataboutism. The truth is, as soon as somebody says to you, Don, when they are aware of what happened last week, but this summer, as soon as those words come out of their mouth, they do not care about what happened last week. That's true. Because they know everything that you're saying and I'm saying. They get that it's not apples to apples. Yeah. What it is is a reflection of the truth of what is happening in this country, which is there are people 
who don't care, who don't like what was done, who don't believe the black people are justified. And it's why last week happened. And we can get angry, too. Black Lives Matter was constructed upon a core lie. And that is hands up, don't shoot. It was built over a 10-year period or close to that seven or eight-year period. It has $1.3 billion. It's logistically and legally supported. And for months throughout the summer, it attacked cities. It burned them down. They asked for and got cops killed. So they're right. It's not comparable at all. Pick a point on the horizon. Study it. Let's not be dizzy as they're trying to make us dizzy. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Oh, as uh, Bo Snerdley said this morning, Rush expects to return to us tomorrow for Open Line Friday to make sense of all these things. It's Todd Herman filling in for the Maha. Reminder that at RushLimbaugh.com, you you can go share your special stories with Rush. You can sign up for Rush 24-7 so you always have access to America's Anchorman. You can get the special Limbaugh letter, which is something that you can frame. Rush coming out of the fog in a forest with a lantern to shine light of truth and sense on things. She got this note from a a listener who is a retired FBI agent. Great listening to you today on Rush. I have one comment about this whole sleight of hand, or as you were discussing about picking a point on the horizon so as to not be confused as they try to confuse us. To me, this is completely summed up by the way the corporate mass media, big tech companies, and their cohorts in the Democrat Party. The fear mindset. False evidence appearing real. Those three entities have engaged in perpetuating the fear mindset for decades. And until others like you, with the national and local presence, can get a seat at the table as legitimate voices to those three parties, nothing will change. The fear mindset will continue to be fostered and perpetuated by those who wish to control every aspect of everyday life. Keep up the good work, my friend. That's Gigi, I know to be a retired FBI agent, an actual street agent, not one of the... uh, not a Jimmy Comey hustler. Oh, by the way, Comey is talking about Biden should pardon Trump. We'll talk about that because I could see the president saying, I don't, I don't want your pardon. I didn't do anything worthy of being pardoned. I didn't do anything wrong. I could see the president saying that. Anthony in Bloomfield Hills, Michigan, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Anthony. Hey, man. Great show. Look, you know, the left seemed to be taken by surprise because, you know, a right-sided group actually was able to take over the Capitol, which I think would be something that Antifa would have loved to have done, but they just couldn't get it done even with Soros funding or anything else. But it seemed to take them from left field. And, you know, the thing is, is it seems like that would be something that the left would, you know, kind of aspire to complete if they could. I mean, even getting into Nancy Pelosi's office and this and that, and, you know, it's terrible that a police officer lost his life and this other lady lost her life. That's that's not acceptable at all. But, you know, it's just amazing that, I mean, what's the prognosis for this country when things like this happen, when you've got tactics on the left now on the right as well, what happens next, man? Well, I mean, first of all, I'm not completely sold on the notion that at the largest gathering of Trump supporters in history, perhaps the largest gathering of Republicans in history in Washington, D.C., I'm not completely sold on the fact that there are absolutely no Antifa and Black Lives Matter there, particularly since it appears that one of the young men who was at the center of all the things, including this young woman, 14-year Air Force veteran being shot, 
appeared to be right at the center of that and appears to be on his own video stream saying, talking to police officers and stepping aside so that they could bang on the door. So I'm not yet sold on that narrative. Um, I'm not saying that I have evidence that there were a bunch of them there, but there was at least one Black Lives Matter agitator and a real one there and on his own video stream apparently doing this. So I, I, I would take that into account. The other thing I'd take into account is this. I think what you're saying, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, is, wow, a gathering of Republicans. Wow, a gathering of, of Trump fans this large, this real. This freaks the left out. Now, obviously, I don't stand with, I, I, I do not stand with this act of violence in the Capitol. I don't want to see a cop killed. I find it very sad. I do stand with law enforcement. And what happens next is up to us. You looked at 74 million plus of us told, shut up, shut your mouths. There, there's, 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 there's nothing. There's no evidence. We're not even going to discuss it. Group by group, home by home, meeting room by meeting room. If we will commit to functional meetings with goals, starting at, we want 30 of us at every city council meeting. 30 Republicans at every every city council meeting saying, no, we've seen the free heroin needles in Seattle. We're not going to allow that in our town. And And no, wait a minute. We're not going to go with the harm reduction strategy of bailing people out when they commit these felonies. No, we watched that on the West Coast. And then we want those same people or 45 people at the county council meetings. No, I'm sorry. This looks like a way to bail out big labor. We're not going to do this. You start taking away their tools. And the interesting thing about human psychology is when you start something like that, people want in. We have a prayer group at church that started with, I wasn't there, it started with like three or four people. Suddenly it's starting to take off. We had like 15 people the other night. I mean, it's a 300%, 400% increase. Why? Because people are hearing, you know what? This is actually really satisfying. This is actually really helpful. And what drives fear into leftist establishment types is when there is an organization like this. Republicans want to be left alone. I want to be left alone. I don't want to have to go engage in these things. I, I'm, it's like this often said, it's like herding cats. It's this or don't get your country back. It's this forming communities where we agree on these things or not get our country back. So what happens next is up to us. If Donald Trump, the president, can get 74, not 74 million people, but half a million, 600,000, 700,000 people to D.C., Can we get 700 people in our state to commit to going to these meetings to apply pressure? Because the left is great at illusion. They're the best. They have the illusion of power. Because in Seattle and in Portland and other cities like Los Angeles, they bribe. I'm not kidding. They bribe homeless people with places to sleep in order to go protest at city council meetings. They bribe them, I'm not kidding, with access to drugs. For real. This actually happens. So they'll go make the biggest noise. And then they graduate from that to paying activists to go to these meetings. Paying non-homeless people to go to these meetings. If the president can gather that many people in Washington, D.C., let's us gather 700 in our cities. We'll have a peaceful counter-revolution before we know it. So what's up, Brian? What's next? I mean, Anthony, it's up to us.
It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. So coming up, we got to get into uh, what's going on in technology. So I spent a little bit of time, well, a decade, in that business and uh, built and sold companies. So we need to talk about what the state of play is with Twitter and Parler and Facebook. And um, there's an app called Telegram, which they say has experienced 25 million new users over the past, what they say, this a couple days. As people seek freedom from um, thought police. And, I mean, it's very much like a cop pulling you over and saying, I think you've had too much to think. And you say, wait, drink? No, no. No, I said too much to think. We, we can't have you drunk on all these ideas. We, we need to, you know, you're getting all dizzy starting to think that you have freedom and such. So, so we'll get into that. Mitch McConnell has announced that he is not going to, quote, rush the articles of impeachment into the Senate. So there's going to be no conviction, apparently. So it was an exercise in Kabuki theater, as the whole year has been, from the left and from so many members of the media. But Mitch says, oh, I'm open to doing that. Uh, uh, we might uh, look at uh, conviction person after he uh, leaves office. Uh, I'm open to conviction then. We're looking for leverage, Mitch. Do you understand? Do you understand, Mitch, that you're saying to people who don't believe the Republicans who voted for impeachment really did that for their principles, or Liz Cheney would have articles of impeachment ready to go against Kamala Harris for encouraging and raising money to bail out domestic terrorists. She'd have the articles filed, and in Liz's, or Liz would put it in Kamala's hands minutes after she's installed as president-VP. Chances of that happening? Almost nil. So, Mitch, you're saying to Republicans and conservatives in the country, uh, I'm thinking about convicting you a little later on. I, I might come back at you. To us. Because what are you going to do? You can't legally do anything to the president with an impeachment when he's not in office. Let's talk to Brad in Austin, Texas. Brad, you're on the Russian Bob program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Thank you for calling, Brad. Hey, Todd, I just want to say this to the Tin House members, specifically Kinzinger in Illinois and Liz Cheney, and then the senators Ben Sass, McConnell, uh, Murkowski, specifically Mitt Romney. 75 million plus of us voted for Trump. Did a few fall off over the Capitol riot? Yeah, I'm sure they did. None of us like that. But we are going to primary you starting in 2022. And if we lose elections, at least with primary people running on Trumpism, I'm totally cool with it because I'd rather have Democrats. At least we know the enemy, who they are politically, than have these sellout cowards who never fight for us. And then they're the reason we got Trump in the first place was because they wouldn't stand up. And like Trump said, the only thing that's between the Democrats and the swamp Republicans and us voters is Trump. And they tried to take him out. We're not going to forget 75 plus million. I hope you're all listening in Congress. We're coming for you politically. 
politically to vote you out. We're going to start in 22, and we're going to get candidates that are going to run on Trumpism, and we're going to primary you. We're tired of you. You don't represent Republican voters. And I'm 50. I've voted straight Republican since I was 18. I will never do it again. I'm done with them. It's going to be a Nikki Haley who runs on Trumpism or a Ted Cruz that's got guts to fight or a Hawley that stands up for us. They're doing no self-reflection, and they're missing the whole point of what happened and the whole reason Trump had the rally, because they never fight for us. They're cowards, and they side with the Democrats and the mob to keep their standing in the swamp. And that's, that's all I've got to say. I'm furious. You know what I love, Brad, if I could be so bold? Sure. I love, right, I love righteous anger. You just expressed that in a righteous, angry serious tone and you kept your head about you that were coming for you politically peacefully and then you were targeted you have the names of the people in mind you have your tactics in mind you have your political tactics in mind you have this energy and you said it in a focused and intelligent way and listen dc listen to brad He's the guy you guys look down upon. He's the guy you think doesn't get it. He's the guy you think doesn't have a real handle on who you are and how you vote and how complicated your jobs are. Brad is the sort of guy who will build a movement. This is what you are starting. Brad, thanks for the phone call. That was was fantastic. There is a divorce. If you read a book, there's a book called What D.C. Gets Wrong. It is phenomenal. They polled people in Washington, D.C. So they they took the polls. You know, they're always polling us. I mean, I've never gotten a phone call from a pollster. Maybe you have. And they're always polling the American people to think this or that. Incidentally, speaking of polls, the president's numbers went up. They went up during the discussion of impeachment. How'd that happen? Rasmussen put him at 51%. Because we don't think Liz Cheney is seriously concerned about insurrection. We don't think Jamie Herrera Butler is seriously concerned about insurrection. We don't think Dan Newhouse from Washington State as well is seriously concerned about insurrection because they're both from insurrectionist states. And because Liz Cheney is the titular leader of this, this, this re- group of 10 Republicans voting to impeach the president, isn't on the phone with us saying, hey, I have filed the impeachment papers against Kamala Harris for raising funds for a domestic terror group unless she takes the tweet down. I've got it right here. I'll start on day one. She hasn't gotten in touch with us. She hasn't tweeted out, hey, I'm going to do that. Hey, Herman, I'm, I'm going to do that. The book What D.C. Gets Wrong polled residents of D.C. about us. They think we are far less educated than we are. They think we have far less money than we do. They think we have far lower home purchase and ownership percentages than we do. They think we are far less educated about our political system than we are. And this goes straight to the heart of fight. They think that we're going to be satisfied with, well, just no, 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 not enough evidence. Here's a dare. You bring a Democrat lawyer on 
on a show. You bring Sidney Powell on. You let them argue. Present the evidence in front of a judge. Invite the software companies, the voting software companies to come. If they don't come, count it against them. Have the trial on TV. Have it online. Have it here. Have that out. That's how you respect people's opinions. We were told all summer long, we need to listen to the voices that are upset. That's what we need to listen to. The voices that are upset, we need to say, well, what, what, what has caused the upset? We need to understand. We need to understand that this is people speaking out of frustration. And once again, as we talked at the top of the hour, they just changed the terms. No, we don't need to understand you. No, no, we need to understand Black Lives Matter Incorporated and Antifa. That's, we need to understand them, not you. We know you. You're bitter clingers, clinging to your religion and your guns, and, and you're uneducated. And you don't own homes, and you, you have no savings, and, and you're just lost without us, these great people in D.C. But we don't need to hear from you. We know you are putting us off. We're smarter than you think we are. We're more energized than you think we are. You may think that we're beaten and we're not. You may think we're ready to hide in our hidey holes and we're not. Because there's a million, 100 million, 50 million, even 20 million or 5 million brads in this country who if they decide to organize... (laughs) The peaceful counter-revolution will be so much fun. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Hey, it's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Rush intends to be with us all tomorrow for Open Line Friday. And we will pray that it is so. Rush just needed an extra day of rest. RushLimbaugh.com is where you can share special stories with Rush. Coming up next hour... I, I, it's it's easy, despite the calls from Brad. By the way, Brad uh, from Texas, Austin, you have a fan club. I'm looking on Twitter, which is which is destroying itself. And Lebon Travel Culture, listening to Brad, great caller. Thank you for allowing this. Andrea, Brad speaks for a lot of us. Um, Ryan, the caller, Brad, hand clap. Uh, Chrissy, cleaning. The call you just spoke to is how 80 million people feel. We are. We are capable of the peaceful counter-revolution. Let's talk to J.C. in El Paso, Texas. J.C., welcome to the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. I'm glad you called, J.C. Thank you. Uh, I'm a a black American uh, conservative here, West Texas, El Paso. I'm calling in. I'm concerned about the messaging, the verbiage uh, from the conservative side to get folks who look like me from straddling the fence to say, hey, I'm all in. What do I mean by that? Countering the Democrat, uh, their slogans, their attacks, constantly calling everything, uh, everyone a racist, somewhat of a tie that that may be. And it directly misses, uh, as far as the conservative voice, it's missing uh, black Americans who want to vote. And they're saying, why should I vote? Are they fighting for me? The things that they're saying makes no sense. It doesn't resonate. Case in point. How is it not systemic racism that if I'm in California and I go to jail and someone who's there illegally on a sanctuary city policy gets free, but I have to stay in jail? How's that not systemic? Oh, wait a minute. How's that not? How? Why why is it that I can't get a conservative to come look me in my face (sighs) and say, hey, J.C., 
you're right, and we need to fix that messaging, and we need to tax Maxine because it's in her district. And you know what? I'll prove it to you because I'm going to hammer it, and the Texas GOP is going to hammer it, and the, and the Georgia GOP is going to hammer it, right? I, I don't see that. You get a Kim Klasik out front, and she have nobody like that to say, okay, we got it. We're going to come to Baltimore, and we're going to talk about black-on-black crime and how this happened in the Democrat community and how this family's son was just killed. And guess what? Why'd y'all vote for that? It's okay to talk like that. But if we don't ask the questions, how are we going to get an answer? How are you going to get my attention? That's what I'm seeing across the United States. And I don't know why it's hands off. And then Democrats is just left ground to the Democrats. And it's a shame that you got 74 million people that are out here that voted for Trump. And then you can't tell me that you couldn't get more brown-skinned people to vote? I'm, I'm confused on that. I'm furious about that. JC, I am speechless. What you just said about people in California who are black in prison being held in there longer than illegal immigrants to our country, how is that not systemic racism? JC. We, we talk about at our kitchen table. This is what my white counterparts, my Hispanic counterparts, my other black Americans, this is what we're all talking about when we're at home. And, and you, then you go to church and they tell you to vote biblical values. And then I got to hear about Democrats voting for late term abortion, which we all know disproportionately affects black folks. How's that not systemic racism? Hey, Rush family, listen to this man. And by the way, JC, do you have any desire to actually work in politics? I'm retired military, sir. I'm I'm just trying to do my part. No. Like all no, the JC, other JC, 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 listen to me. Listen to me. I have one there's very few things I'm good at. One of them is hearing a voice of a man who's a leader. Brad called with righteous anger. And I have people all over my Twitter thread saying, we love Brad. JC, I'm telling you right now, I am getting chills. I'm getting chills because the intelligent approach, the clear injustice of what's being done to black people in that regard. JC, do you have any any willingness to get into the game? Or conservative, that's, that's, that's impugnant, but that's not true, that's incompetent. We would. Who's coming to us to say, you know what? I know that this person said this or this person said this who's a Democrat to talk to you. Give me a second because I got a counter for that. I got a counter for everything that happened. And I'm going to ask you why you vote for it. I'm going to tell you right now, this is what I'm dealing with with my family. My family's like, we didn't vote to have illegals give free status in the United States. That's not what I'm like. If you voted down the ticket for Democrats, and yes, you did. They don't even realize it. J.C., I'm begging you to run for office. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. J.C., I'm begging you. Will you run for office? I don't even know how to do all of that, sir. I'm just an average American out here, an expatriate, trying to get it in and do my part to open the eyes for folks who look like me, who don't know where to go. And they're sick and tired of somebody telling them, well, the lowest unemployment rate for African-Americans, Hispanics, and Latinos since 1967 was last year. They're looking at their paycheck, and they're going, that don't make sense to me. Well, I can tell you why. Because if we don't do mandatory E-Verify, then how are we going to lay claim to the employers who are getting away with murder by hiring folks that they're not supposed to and paying folks the way they're not supposed to? That's why you don't see it in your paycheck. 
it disproportionately affects brown-skinned people in the United States. I can give you an out. Paying you $15 an hour is not going to happen because employers aren't going to hire folks. They don't. That's too much in payroll taxes. It doesn't make sense. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to go meet, find one decent Republican in El Paso, Texas, give them a tape of the earth tape, give them a digital copy of this conversation and say, I will help you. I want you, JC, I'm blown out. I'm blown away. We've got to run against the clock, but God bless you. Please find a way even to run for city council. Start small, build big. Thank you for your service, both in the military and today, JC. That was fantastic. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh. And as I called it, my social media feeds just filled up with people saying, JC, run for office. Brad and JC are real Americans. I have black listeners. Mixed race listeners saying mixed race conservative. JC saying exactly what all of us are saying about running for office. How do we even start? I hope you heard that phone call. I hope you did. How do you start running for office? Let me give you an insider tip. Find the offices where people run unopposed. By the way, there's sometimes open offices. The point is to get into office. It could be school board. It could be a park commission. The point is to get into office. Show what you can do and then feverishly go in pursuit of meeting people. And to JC's point about Republicans not being good at, at, at going and meeting with black people, what's the secret there? Go hang out with folks. I, I, I'm a mutt. I'm a lucky mutt. I've had a mutt's life. I've lived all over and, and worked at all sorts of industries. Consequently, I am comfortable just about anywhere with just about any form of people, any culture. Go do it. You fail at the margins of your experience, so expand your experience and you reduce your failure. It's just a little advice from a guy who's been pretty lucky. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833 833- 995-G-O-L-D. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. 
Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. It is an incredible honor to fill in for Rush Limbaugh, who intends to join us tomorrow. And be here for all of us where he belongs on Open Line Friday. And today is a day the Lord has made. And it comes with unique responsibilities because this is the time in which he's chosen for us to live. It is really easy to be afraid and be angry. And it's really hard to admit the afraid part. It's very difficult. And I think that I might speak for a lot of us when this, I am, I am angry at being told, shut up and sit down, let your betters handle things. I'm angry watching a summer of riots and death and 36 lives taken at the hands of the Black Lives Matter Incorporated Domestic Terror Group, which is in fact destructive to black lives, which is, which is insane. That's easy to admit. I think a lot of people are afraid. And I think the fear is well-founded. You have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who wants to put in the hands of Congress the ability to determine media literacy because she says we need to rein in the media. We, meaning her, need to rein in the media. Meaning that they need to decide what we hear and don't hear, and it's already happening. Salesforce has shut down. Just read a report on this. Salesforce has shut down the RNC and President Trump's emails so as to prevent violence. It's all on one side. These are the same companies who gave money to Black Lives Matter Incorporated. The same types of companies. It's easy to be afraid because I see them stealing our country. I see them right now stealing small businesses, abilities to earn a living. It's easy to become afraid. It's hard to admit it. I've talked to combat veterans who've told me, yeah, I'm afraid. Yes. And I go do what I have to do. I've talked to firefighters who've gone into major fires and said, yeah, I'm trained. I've done this before. and, And it was scary. And I went in. So bravery is not the absence of fear. It is the decision to deal with it. I had this piece come upon me recently. My favorite books is a book called Peace Like a River. I had it pour down on me because I realized something. Most of the things that matter, they can never take from us. I mean, they're trying. Dennis Prager gave an interview to the Epoch Times and said that the left's suppression of free speech is worse than the riot that got out of hand and did take life, and Prager admits that. You know what they can't take? 
They cannot take your conscience. No matter how hard they try, and they are trying. They've been trying for 30 years to convince you that, wow, I must be racist, or to gaslight you, or to make you so angry you go off base and do something crazy, but they can't take your conscience. It is God-given to you. I consider our conscience to be our most important asset. Personally, I consider it our bridge between God Almighty and the earth. It is our brain and it is our soul combined. It is our most important asset. And the founders of our country agreed with that. The First Amendment is the expression of our conscience. The Second Amendment is the ability to defend our ability to express our conscience. And they can never take that from you. Your conscience can only be ceded to someone voluntarily. That's why we talked in the last hour about picking a point on the horizon as, as it appears that I think there's a purposeful effort to traumatize people, to not let them understand which way is up and which way is down, and, and blue is the new orange, etc. They cannot take our values. They can attack them. They can call them bitter. They can call them backward. They can call them racist. They can call them selfish. We're being told that our value of hard work is selfish. We're being told that our value of going to church is selfish. We're being told that our desire that our kids have a normal upbringing without masks strapped to their face, without being locked out of their seeing their friends is selfish, but they can't take our values. You can hand them over. You can be calmed into changing them. And sometimes they evolve. Factually, sometimes values evolve. They're trying to take our knowledge. They tried to take our knowledge of the Hunter Biden scandal. They've tried to take our knowledge that the PCR test they used to determine if someone has the COVID flu is a fraud, but we know we communicate it. They can't take our knowledge. They can't take our historical knowledge. You can still go out and teach your kids, here's how you plant a field of plants. Here's how you plant a small survival garden. Here's how you fish for fish. They can't take it. I just had this peace rain down upon me. There's just these these valuable things they can never take from us. And you know what's so interesting about them? Everyone I mentioned is something we can pass on. Knowledge, values, conscience. They cannot take our ability to teach our children. I'm far from a perfect parent. Far from it. And I've tried to teach right from wrong. And I've tried to demonstrate it. And sometimes I fail, but they can't take that from us. I understand the economic reality. Some people have to send their kids to the government schools and you can deprogram them when they get home and you can demonstrate right from wrong and you can demonstrate how you act upon your values. They cannot take our love of community. I'm late to this game. I admit it. My wife says I'm sort of a self-contained unit sometimes. I like, you know, I, I live in ideas. Recently, I've just found myself... I go, to a, I go to a little uh, coffee stand. It's not because I can't make coffee at home. I actually drink Folgers coffee from a, from a mason jar, cold Folgers coffee, like triple strong from a mason jar. And then I go down and spend a bunch of money on coffee because these are members of my community. They happen to be young people who work in my community. I enjoy over tipping them every time because I've learned their names and I've learned their lives and I get a smile in the morning because these are young people working in, in, industriously doing a good job, and I enjoy watching it, and I enjoy knowing these members of my community. They can't take that from us. They're trying, but they can't, because we decide what our communities are. They cannot take our charitable hearts. 
our charitable hearts, they hate. Do you remember this? I I was astonished that when I went to D.C. In, um, in 2009, I was the only person hip to the fact that Barack Obama wanted to outlaw charities. He had it in his design saying, we can't let these private groups give out money. This is getting in the way of government. They cannot take our charitable hearts. Our charitable hearts is something God gave us. They cannot take our love of freedom. And man, are they trying. We can pass this on to our kids. We can express it. They cannot take our courage. We concede it. They cannot take our memories of history that we will pass on, recent and past. The country was founded to be governed at the consent of the governed, and that will always be morally superior to people being ruled. Charity will always be morally superior for the people who receive it and the people who give it. These are unalienable facts that we can pass on to people, to our kids and our families and our neighbors, if we do the one thing that makes sure they don't take these things from us. We use them. A great majority of Republicans... And this is from a, a recent poll. I've heard Rush do a master class on this. I'm sure it's at Rush 24 7 at all this. A master class. Most of us are not using our freedom of speech. Our country is in the balance. It really hurts to be called names. Does your conscience tell you to speak up? Are your values about communicating truth? Will you cede to them your voice? The selective lockdowns of small businesses is not normal. It is not health care. It's a targeting. There can be no science that says the Home Depot is safer than my beloved little coffee shop doesn't exist. These are not normal. It is not normal that there are media figures at CNN telling the American people that the burning down of American cities and the killing of cops is fine because it's a justified reaction to people's outrage, where this riot in D.C. apparently planned weeks in advance far before the president spoke, is the greatest single outrage in the history of the republic since the Civil War. That's not normal. It is not sensical. It is not normal to have members of Congress calling to take control of the media. It is not normal that two domestic terror groups were allowed to run wild through our streets without any repercussions. It is not normal that state governors are refusing to allow federal officers to do their jobs and then they're not charged with sedition. They cannot take these things from us unless we stop using them. I'm not going to stop using them. I'm asking you to join me in that. To use these gifts from God to keep our hands on our country as we fight to regain control from people who would ruin it. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. 
It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network, and I'm getting to use the studios of 590 KQ&T in Spokane. Thank you for that. Normally, my show is out of KTTH in Seattle, and everybody dig it. This morning, Bo Snerdly said on Twitter that Rush expects to be back with us tomorrow on Open Line Friday, and um, exactly where he belongs, and only one person can do it right. So we look forward to Rush returning Let's talk to Don in Clarksville, Tennessee. Don, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. Todd Herman filling in. I'm glad you called, Don. Hi. Hi. Thanks for stoking the flames in that opening monologue. We have had enough of these feckless, unprincipled, and feckless Republicans. I was at that protest last week, and after seeing people walking out with tear gas in their faces, I wanted to find out what happened when I got up to the front line. It was a very thin line of looked like teenagers or young early 20s young men, and they had fear in their eyes. Behind them, the D.C. police were shooting tear gas indiscriminately into the crowd, along with pepper spray. One of them, I, I didn't touch any one of those guards. One of them shot me within two to three feet of my leg. Rubber bullets, I got five welts in my leg. I got three more in my back. I didn't touch any one of these guys. Not only were they agitating us, they expected us to breach this thin layer of fearful men that you almost felt sorry for when you looked them in the eye. So wait, where were you in in relation to where the main break-in was? The main break-in happened on the on the left side. They were sh- they were shooting those flash bombs and they're shooting tear gas trying to keep people from going up the scaffolding on the left side i was in the very center and then got caught up in a push back and forth um eventually after they tear gassed and pepper sprayed enough people they got the crowd agitated enough to where it started a pushing match back and forth with the uh with a they had a partition between them like a like a bar or a rail so you you feel like your observation was that you feel like the the Capitol Hill police or the people in the police uniforms were you feel like they were agitating you and you really legitimately feel like they expected you or you said wanted people to enter. Uh, I expected they had to have expected us to breach it. You would have thought that they would have had beefy guys up front. These guys must have been 150, 160 pounds. They were thin. They were young. And you wouldn't put those kind of people in the very center of the Capitol if you wanted to hold the Capitol from people you thought were going to riot. That's kind of the story. Why did they agitate well? What's that? Well, it, it, I mean, this matches up with what we've heard, Don, that, that there was uh, two weeks of planning in this and that the FBI apparently knew that people intended to go in. This is you know, Washington Post and CNN. As far as we can trust them, they're saying this. But, you know, this is this is counter narrative. So why say it? I guess all the, the, the impeachment's been done. So now they can talk about this. Um, and you were saying as well that you think the, the, the entire Republican Party is cowardly on this. So what would you have them do? I've I presented a couple of ideas. I want Liz Cheney to show that she's against insurrections and incitement of insurrections from public office holders by impeaching on our one Kamala Harris was when she's installed as de facto president 
I want her impeached for raising money for domestic terror groups that that burned down our cities and got cops killed because she's not going to take down that tweet. So what do you want him to do? How would you respond in a non-cowardly way if you if you ran things in the Republican Party in D.C.? You've got to have start, people start to stand up for principle. The principle is is you've got a montage that Laura Inger put out and many of them have put out of them doing the exact same thing in a much higher level they're accusing us of doing. And you've stated a couple of things that could be very done very easily. But one thing for sure is these 10 Republicans that jumped on board, they're the, the epitome of cowardice. And they, they will go with whatever, wherever the wind is blowing at the time, which I think Mitch McConnell's right along with that crowd. So I was talking earlier about uh, the 10 Republicans. Liz Cheney is one of them. Gonzalez of Ohio. Jamie Herrera-Butler, Washington. John Colto of New York. Adam Kinzinger of them. Illinois. Primary them. But which Primary one of you guys, them. to your point, Don, which one of them is going to stand up and impeach Kamala Harris? Which one of them is going to demand an investigation into Maxine Waters saying, get up in their faces? Which one is going to demand that AOC be censored from the House for saying... For glamorizing the riots, which one of them is going to say that Kamala Harris said that they shouldn't stop and they wouldn't stop and that they'd continue? This is the test, Republican 10. This is the test, Republican impeachment tents. This is the test. Those were acts of inciting insurrection. So is what Governor Inslee or so-called Governor Inslee does in Washington state, where he refuses to let federal officers do their job. Or what Ted Wheeler did and uh, the, the, the governor, so-called governor of Oregon, Kate Brown, allowed allowed Antifa to attack with IEDs. And folks, you'll think it's bizarre, but I'm telling you, they brought in heavy circular saws to try to saw through the gates of a federal courthouse. They tried to light it on fire multiple times while there were federal officers inside. They tried to burn these people to death just like they tried to in in Seattle. My colleague Jason Rance at KTTH broke the story. It is apparently the son of a former Democrat office holder who swung a bat at the back of a head of an officer and would have killed him if he didn't have his bike helmet on. He also broke the story about Antifa trying to seal police officers in a construction trailer and then burn it down. No one from these 10 have said we demand that Joe Biden call for an investigation into these groups. No one from this 10 led by Liz Cheney, is demanding that Kamala Harris announce and lead a team to shut down the fundraising of Black Lives Matter Incorporated, which is neither a registered political entity, nor is it a nonprofit, but it gets to act like a nonprofit. The test is now. The test is after this man is installed and Kamala Harris is installed. The test starts one hour afterwards. It's pass or fail. You are against insurrections and you are willing to use the power of your office to see that they are punished. It's pass or fail. So you have one hour. You can start drafting the resolutions now. You could just copy the one that they used against Trump and then add to that. Oh, by the way, they succeeded. They backed this stuff for a year. You can add the names of David Dorn and the former officer who was killed in one of these riots. You can add specific names, 36 of them. You can add hundreds of millions of dollars in damage. You can do that, or you can fail. It's a simple test. Good news is, there's only two options, pass or fail. Which do you choose, Liz Cheney? It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network.
It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. I want to get into this discussion about uh, what's going on in tech and the explosion of usage of Telegram and what might happen in terms of a platform appearing to actually take Twitter out and Facebook out and how those things sometimes unfold. And we might be at the precipice of that. And we'll get into that in this segment, I hope. Let's talk to Stan in New Oxford, Pennsylvania. Stan, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Stan. Yes, hello. Uh, I would like to comment on your test of the Republicans with spine. And um, my comment is that what good is it at this point? It's too late. I don't want to be negative, but the test should have been last year. Uh, if, if what looks like is going to happen, the Democrats will control all three houses because they'll pack the Supreme Court. Uh, they will control both they they control all three branches of the federal government, both houses in in the Congress, and then of course the executive branch. If that if that comes true, that is a coup because there's no way that uh, Biden beat Trump. So we have the wrong person in. The coup was successful. Uh, if you look at all the other Marxist countries, when um, for instance Lenin. Uh, became the premier of the Soviet Union. He said, we're going to now construct the Soviet state. Uh, that went on for 75 years. Uh, in Venezuela, probably Chavez got in illegally by cheating, uh, and they're still suffering. He completely destroyed that country. America's the last best hope for the world. And it's um, if America goes, the entire world goes, because who's going to stop uh, the power of the military of America. Hopefully, God will rise up. Things will get uh, uh, rearranged as they should. But if these people who cheated are not punished and not is not brought to light, and if a Republican does run, he'll be smeared. Uh, if if he wins, they'll probably allow him to because he'll be a weak spine, milk toasty Republican. That's my comment, I guess. Okay, so should we give up? No, absolutely okay. not. However, okay. we may have to wrest back our liberties. Uh, and um, I don't know that uh, I want to get into that, but that is, uh, that is going to require a tremendous amount of introspection. Uh, we have a precedent for that uh, with the, uh, the Continental Army. Uh, and um, okay, so let me let me let me let me just that. let me ask you this, and let me just feed into what you're saying. Is you know, I don't know if I should use this example. I'll use another one. Uh, my wife's grandmother was told, um, "You have three months to live," and she laughed in the face of the doctor, and she walked out, and she lived another ten years. Uh, we are an experiment that was never supposed to happen. We were never to have people governed at the consent of the governed. Uh, We were to face, um, in World War II, an enemy that was so far advanced, and they had such advanced notice, and and they were so mechanized, and they were so strong, and they were so brutal and so cunning, and it just couldn't happen. It just, we, but we did. And you don't think they were cheating? Yeah, they were cheating. So the fact is we flood the zone. We flood the zone and make them choose where to fight. This is what Republicans have been very bad at tactically. 
Okay, so we go to the main, you know, the 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 races like Congress and and the Senate and state Senate. The Democrats built ground up. It takes a while. It's not going to be fixed tomorrow. But flooding the zone, you think I'm joking, and I'm not. Zoning commissions decide where schools and businesses go. Park commissions decide who gets the sweet jobs. Park commissions design what neighborhoods look like. City councils, if they're doing their job, get to decide the focus on crime or non-focus on crime. The Democrats flooded these zones. They don't have the capacity to cheat at every single office. They don't have that capacity. That's going to become so obvious so quickly. Secondly, no one's giving up. You know, no one's staying is giving up on finding out who cheated. There was just an arrest in Texas. This amused me. <laughs> there was a, there was an arrest in Texas because there was enough evidence to arrest a woman for for illegal vote harvesting. There's a picture of her being arrested. There, I've never seen so much evidence of no evidence in my life. We're not giving up. We're not at that point yet that you're talking about. And I understand and I respect your restraint in choosing to not go the full way in what you're thinking. And, and let's let's be honest. A lot of people are thinking that. A lot of people are looking back at our founders, and I, I, I join Rush. Thank God they had the courage to do what they did. Thank God they found that a moral path, and they were fighting something that, that, that one day perhaps we may need to fight. Are we there yet? That's the great eternal question. But I know that we can flood the zones. I know there are peaceful steps to take. I know that there is things that we haven't tried. I know, and I'm looking at this, and I want to thank you for the call, Stan. Thank you very much for calling Rush's show. I'm just looking at this. James O'Keefe isn't giving up. James O'Keefe is saying on, this is great, he's saying it on Twitter to Jack Dorsey. He's saying to the CEO of Twitter, because Jack just wrote, uh, dude, Jack, there's a, there's a, this is a rumor. Rumor alert. I'm not making an accusation. I'm saying there's a rumor that Jack is into microdosing. So that means little tiny bits of heroin all day. That's a rumor. But, he, you know, um, I don't not celebrate or feel pride in having to ban real Donald Trump from Twitter or how he got here. <clears throat> After a clear warning, we'd take this action. We made a decision with the best information we had based on threats to physical safety, both off and on Twitter. Was this correct? James O'Keefe replies, Jack, we have insiders within your company coming to us literally about to blow the whistle on you. I've never seen such an influx of tech whistleblowers in my life reach out to us, and they're reaching out to him on Signal. That's what James says. Incidentally, just so everybody's aware, to this day, Antifa plans their logistics through Twitter private messages, just so we're all clear. To this day, they use Twitter to distribute doxed pictures of cops in their homes in there, and I've talked to cops who've been docs at their homes, who've had Antifa show up at their homes. And when an Antifa showed up at a home at a cop, and, and the, the, the male police officer was not home, only his poor wife was. Who was a who was a Marine? Yeah, the Antifa got a shock. There will be a new platform. There will be. I'll, I'll compare it this way. Do you know? <clears throat> What people asked for when they went into the stores to buy the first Mac. Do you know what they asked for? They didn't come in and ask for the Mac. They came in and they asked for the computer with the spreadsheet. Did you know that? It was the killer app. People walked into computer stores back in the day and they said, Mac or PC? They said, I want the one with the spreadsheet. That was the Mac. 
What are people asking for now? So you have a couple apps. You have Signal. You have Telegram. Telegram says they've got 25 million new users. People want Signal and, and, and Telegram to be the new Twitter. They want to be able to do the one-to-many and the private messages. And right now, that's clunky. These are smart people. Now, my understanding is Telegram came out of Russia and then moved to Germany. So there's that. But what's, you know, I mean, leave that there. Yeah, I'm nervous about it. People sense these killer apps. It's a data point. They look at that and say, oh, wow. People want us to be the new Twitter, and they build the features. That's, that's how these things happen organically. People don't understand that they're sitting on the new Twitter. They do now. So the question is, do they build it? Can we trust Telegram? Maybe there's some way they could prove that to us. I don't know in this day and age if anyone can prove trustworthiness. There will be a new platform. Because there are people demanding the platform. So it takes a tweak. Now, this runs into a problem because of the lock that Google and Apple have on the cell phone market. Is it impossible that there's a new cell phone? It's tough. The greatest inventions have been because people have said this is such a big market. We must have a piece of it. We must have a piece of these frustrated people who want free speech on their phones. We must. There's Linux options. There's Linux options to beat these monopolies. They exist. Someone's going to crank this out. Someone's going to win. Someone's planning it now. And it's just going to be... It's here. And it will start with problems. They always do. It will evolve. But that thing's going to come. And I hope James O'Keefe is serious when he says to Jack Dorsey he's getting a ton of whistleblowers. We're not done. We're not done innovating. We're not done with the peaceful counter-revolution. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Hey, thank you for uh, putting up with an amateur in the place of the ultimate professional today. Rush intends to return to us tomorrow on Open Line Friday. I want to thank Mike and Ali and Craig and James and Greg and Brian, everybody at Team EIB for making this just such a pleasure. Uh, Susan and Paul, thank you guys so much. Uh, it is Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh. Let's talk to Mike in Stafford, Virginia. Mike, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. Todd Herman filling it. I'm glad you called, Mike. Hi. Yes, sir. I just uh, want to key off what Stan said. Stan sounded a little bit hopeless, and I just wanted to let you know that uh, we need to keep in a fight that good prevails over evil, and we just need to continue because there is way too much out there, uh, and we cannot let evil uh, take over. And I feel deep in my heart that uh, we, we, we will end up winning this fight because, again, God God is with us. He will not let us down. God is with us, and he's given us things they can't take. Right. I just got a, a tweet from someone, uh, Mike, who was saying that I don't have the right to tell him to be calm and peaceful. I, I do have the right to say that. You also have the right to reject that assessment. Uh, and we are in and I understand. But I, I want people to really know that I understand what you're examining in your mind. And I want you to know that there are good people who are saying, oh, my gosh, what what, what if this ever happens? I'm not there. And I believe there are a whole bunch of peaceful steps for us to take in a peaceful counter-revolution. So I want to, you know, you're telling people, cheer up. I'm saying the same thing. I'm saying at least try these things. Republicans have never tried flooding the zones of local offices. Let's at least try that. I appreciate the call, Mike. Thanks for calling Russia's show. Let's talk to Vinny in Wilmington, North Carolina. You're on the Russian Bot program. Hi, Vinny. 
Hi, Todd. Good to talk to you. Uh, you know, most of us have been um, your previous call abroad for 30 or 40 years now. And um, quite frankly, I think it's time to call an audible and change the brand. And what I'm talking about is a new party. I think the Republicans have destroyed their brand, and it's it's been something in the making for decades, not the last couple of years, certainly not during the Trump administration, just magnified uh, what a terrible, terrible party this has turned out to be now. Um, you can call it whatever you want, call it the One America Party, call it the New American Party. People get excited over new things. I know we're going to be wandering the wilderness for years, building up numbers, but quite frankly, what the hell is the difference? I mean, we're never going to win any major election again at this point, I feel, okay, because of what's gone on. I mean, I'm not convinced the two Senate seats in Georgia went fair and square. Are you? Because I'm no. not. No, I but think those stories will come out later. How they? I do, do too. Vinny, you said something really key. You said something really key. We're going to be wandering in the desert. It's up to us. Right. If we accept that fate or if we begin flooding the zones, as I've said, in the small local offices and sometimes wandering the desert is finding yourself. And sometimes it takes a moment like this in a country like ours that has been so prosperous for other people to finally see. I'll give you an example. And I think these things are happening all over the place. I have one friend in Seattle, who has made a radical turn. She works in healthcare. She has watched the lies from the state about the number of people dying from COVID 19 rather than with it. She's aware that flu and viral pneumonia and the common cold are being reflected in the cases. She has banged her head against the wall. People have told her to mind her own business. That realization. That with the evidence she presented, her bosses wouldn't act. She took it to the media. No interest. She's red-pilled. That quick. And she called me to say, everything you've ever said about liberal media in Seattle is right. They are choosing the propaganda of silence. We have to give people opportunities to be rebuilt by pointing this out consistently and using our First Amendment, which is an expression of our conscience. 70 to 78% of Republicans, as I recall from this poll from memory, wouldn't do that. And I hope that we will. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. And such an absolute honor to be here for Rush so fighting for country and pride and our national you know, heritage, etc., can be very attractive. It can also sometimes seem a little amorphous, and it also can seem really, really hard. It's, it's a huge thing to fight for. So what if we fight for a young woman I met the other night at a prayer meeting? We have a regular prayer group that gets together, and we go through and pick a, our leader picks a, a, a scripture. We pray over that scripture. We talk about it first, and, and we, then we pray over it. And, that night, a, a young woman came in and joined us and distraught, just horrible things going on in her life. She got frustrated because the first 15 minutes was us talking. And she got up to leave, and she was crying, and she said, we said, well, wait, where are you going? And she said, uh, I thought we were going to pray. I said, no, 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 come back. 
and we heard the challenges in her life, and we prayed over her and, and with her. And we were all trying in our, in our ways to have, you know, touching, neat, maybe eloquent prayers. And seated next to me was a young woman in her 40s who has Down syndrome. And she prayed basically like this. I know how you feel. It really hurts. I hope God will really help you a lot. And that people won't be as mean. That young woman. What if we fight for her? Because in the Democrat vision of the future. She wouldn't be here. Because she's lesser. When in fact. She was the greatest amongst us. I'll choose to fight for her. God bless America. It's Todd Herman. And for Rush Limbaugh. EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito. The temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo. And the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.